If you've enjoyed listening to Issues Etc. in 2023, please make a year-end gift to support this worldwide outreach. For a year-end donation of $250 or more, we'll send you our forthcoming book, Objections Overruled 3, Answering Arguments Against Christianity, and a new recording of 15 hymns featuring the Lutheran Public Radio Choir. You can make a secure online contribution today at issuesetc.org. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your support at the end of 2023. Christmas hymns, Christian hymns for Christmas, are well-known in the culture, they're well-known in the church, and then there are these hidden gems, like the one we're going to be looking at on this Christmas day, All My Heart Again Rejoices. Greetings and Merry Christmas on this Christmas day. I'm Todd Wilkin. You're connected to Issues Etc. here in the first hour. We are going to be studying the Christmas hymn, All My Heart Again Rejoices, with Dr. Arthur Just. Then we'll replay a teaching on the Christmas season with Pastor Will Whedon of The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. Dr. Arthur Just is professor of New Testament at Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana, and author of the two-volume Concordia Commentary on Luke and the book Heaven on Earth, The Gifts of Christ in the Divine Service. Dr. Just, welcome back. Wonderful to be with you in this Christmas season. Why is this tremendous Christmas hymn not more well-known? Well, in a way, it's it's not a carol. It's a hymn-hymn. And what I mean by that is it's a hymn that uh, really does kind of dive into the theological meaning of Christmas. It doesn't really tell the story of Luke 2 or Matthew 1. It really, in a sense, deals with the why of Christmas and what does Christmas really mean. And it's really about the meaning of the incarnation for us. It's it's a very deep hymn. And what I mean by deep is it really takes us into the very essence of our faith. I mean, as we discuss this hymn, we'll see there are three verses here that are as sublime about the meaning of the cross and the death of Jesus, his suffering, his atonement. And one oftentimes does not associate that with Christmas. It's not that the carols don't have profundity to them. I mean, I, I, I was just talking to one of our members about Hark the Herald Angels Sing and that wonderful, very, very theologically deep line, the Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing in his wings. And I think it's the third verse from Malachi 4. I mean, O come all ye faithful. Some of them are just profoundly theological. And it, and, and it may be the tune. The tune is not as um, gripping as some of the other tunes. And maybe it's just because it's not familiar. But in preparing for this hour with you, Todd, this hymn, which I know well. I mean, I've always loved this hymn. It's Paul Gerhardt. How can you not love it? But it, it, there, there are levels to this that, I mean, it's one of the most profound Christmas hymns, I think, in our hymnal. What do we know about this, you had mentioned his name, the author of this great hymn? Well, Paul Gerhardt is perhaps the greatest hymn writer next to Luther. He was a hymn writer who 
wrote during the Thirty Years' War, and he experienced tremendous tragedy as a pastor, as a father, in his parish, lost children. He wrote many of his hymns in the midst of countless deaths because of the the war and then the the plague that came with the war. He, I mean, his he is the suffering poet, and his hymns are are very emotional in some ways, very heartfelt. I think this is a hymn that maybe it's not thought of much because it has to do with death and crosses that we bear and that our own death and the, the grief that, that fills us because of our sin and, and the difficulties we have in this world we don't like to think about those at Christmas, although, as you know, many of the, the things that people say is this is one of the hardest times for many people this time of year, more suicides, more sadness. So it's a, it's a hymn from a man who has really experienced suffering, who has dealt with death face on and has dealt with it theologically, and that's what this hymn does. It deals with death in a way that links it to the birth of Jesus, and shows that really Jesus was born to die. So Paul Gerhardt is just a marvelous example of what it means to be a Lutheran hymn writer. The translator is someone many people know. She translated many hymns, Catherine Winkworth. She's such a great poet, and many people feel it's a very, very faithful capturing of the German text. But I love what she called this. And, you know, I mean, you can see that she understood this hymn. She calls it a song of joy at dawn. And I think what she means by that is that this is, even though it's dealing with some difficult themes, it is full of joy. It is full of joy. What would you say are the primary biblical texts for this hymn? Well, I mean, obviously Luke 2 is the major hymn, biblical text, and it, it covers especially verses 1 and 5, we will see. But even there, it, this hymn does not really tell the story of Christmas, or it doesn't really refer to Christmas. So it's, it's hard to pinpoint too much from Luke 2. I mean, the angels and, and the lowly manger he refers to. The texts that are, are written in the hymnal, Romans 8, 1 Peter 3, Ephesians 1, you know, if you look them up, you won't find any one-to-one -one correspondence here. But what you will find is that the, the great themes of those texts, and the Romans 8 we know so well because, you know, if God is for us, who is against us? Ephesians 1 is that sublime opening blessing that Peter gives to his congregation there in Bithynia. And then 1 Peter 3 is a text that we know that for Christ suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous. But none of the real exact language from those texts come out in this hymn. I mean, these are Gerhardt's words. And Gerhardt is really, in a sense, interpreting the great biblical realities of especially the New Testament concerning the death and suffering of Jesus and what it means for us in this season of Christmas. Here is the first stanza of All My Heart Again Rejoices. All my heart again rejoices as I hear far and near sweetest angel voices. Christ is born, their choirs are singing. 
till the air everywhere now with joy is ringing. Just what would you bring us from this first stanza where the angel voices hold sway? Well, this verse and the last verse are the ones that deal with joy. And in the very first line, all my heart again rejoices. It's the title of the hymn. And you can see that the the joy comes from the announcement that Christ is born. This is the proclamation of Christmas. And of course, Perhaps the most profound moment in the Christmas story is the opening of heaven and the angels coming and singing the glory in excelsis. Now, even though he doesn't cite that when he talks about the sweetest angel voices, we know what he's referring to. And the fact that that's one of the the ordinaries in our divine service that we sing most of the time during the church year. And it is the, it is the great hymn of the incarnation. You can really see at the very end of this verse, everywhere now with joy is ringing, that what happens at Christmas, and in a sense what happens at every divine service, is that we can't help but sing for joy over the fact that God has visited us with his son, that the Christ child is born and he was born to die and that this is the greatest good news. You know, as it says, I behold, I bring you tidings of good news. The babe wrapped in swaddling clothes is the good news. It's the sign that God has come. And this is the most overt reference to Christmas in the entire hymn. And what I love about it is, is how he is able to, in a sense, grasp the whole world here, far and near. And what are we doing? We're hearing far and near. We're hearing the choirs of heaven. Now, he will end in heaven in verse 6. He will talk about the songs of gladness there on high in that joy which will never vanish. He's talking about the choirs of heaven. But this is one of the great things about being a Lutheran is understanding that the divine service where we sing the Gloria is where heaven comes to earth, where heaven and earth are joined together. And it all starts with Christmas. It all starts with the incarnation. It all starts with the birth of the baby Jesus. This joy of Christmas, and you had mentioned that, what did you call him, the the sad poet? Suffering poet. Suffering poet. This yeah. joy of Christmas is something that transcends merely earthly happiness. What would you say about that? It, well, it's a it's a a peace, and you know that's what the angels say: peace on earth, goodwill to men. It's a peace that, as our you know, one of the great Old Testament texts for the season of Advent, Isaiah forty, that uh, the warfare is over. That Jerusalem, you know, speak tenderly to Jerusalem because her warfare is over. That God has 
has satisfied his wrath in the death of his son, who was born at Christmas. And that's the, uh, I think, the, the great mystery of it all, in a sense, that this is the greatest reason for joy. And it's hard to sometimes fully grasp how much that permeates the Christmas season. I mean, the fact that we enter the Christmas season, Advent 1, with the triumphal entrance into Jerusalem, it's brilliant. You can't get over the fact that this child was born to die. And that's what Christmas is really about. When we come back, stanza two of All My Heart Again Rejoices. Here the conqueror has spoken. Now the foe, sin and woe, death and hell are broken. God is man, man to deliver, and the Son now is one with our blood forever. If you've enjoyed listening to Issues Etc. in 2023, please make a year-end gift to support this worldwide outreach. For a year-end donation of $250 or more, we'll send you our forthcoming book, Objections Overruled 3, Answering Arguments Against Christianity, and a new recording of 15 hymns featuring the Lutheran Public Radio Choir. You can make a secure online contribution today at issuesetc.org. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your support at the end of 2023. For nearly 140 years, the Lutheran Witness has taught the faith, defended it against error, and shown forth the great treasures of the Lutheran Church and biblical doctrine. We're continuing this legacy by publishing issues and articles that help you see the world from a Lutheran perspective and that teach biblical doctrine and show forth the treasures of God's Word. Visit our website to learn more and how to subscribe, witness.lcms.org. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. Christological. Creedal. Confessional. You're listening to Issues Etc. This is Pastor Matthew Harrison, President of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The LCMS operates the second largest parochial school system in the United States. What can you expect from a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod School? There's one race, the human race. And Jesus died for the sins of every man, woman, and child from every land and every nation. Life begins at conception. All life is precious from womb to tomb. And every student, parent, and teacher is created in the very image of God. There's right and wrong, and we know which is which from the Ten Commandments. There are only two sexes. Male and female, he created them. Marriage is the lifelong union of one man and one woman. There's such a thing as objective, absolute truth, and it's found in the person and work of Jesus Christ and his word. To find a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod school near you, visit lcms.org schools.
the hymn, All My Heart Again Rejoices. We're studying this Christmas hymn with Dr. Arthur Just of Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Folks, be sure to listen to our sacred music station during the 12 days of Christmas. We're streaming sacred Christmas music 24-7 at lutheranpublicradio.org, Amazon Alexa, Google Home, Apple HomePod, or the LPR mobile app. Lutheran Public Radio, sacred music for the Christmas season. Dr. Just, you spoke earlier about the profundity of this Christmas hymn, and we get into some of that in the second stanza. You could write a PhD thesis on this stanza. I mean, certainly the line that that jumps out at you is the one that says, God is man, man to deliver. And there you have the birth and death right there. God becomes man so that he might deliver man from death by his death but it, it starts with the conqueror and and i mean it's that that is that's a, alarming stunning you don't expect it at christmas you don't think of the baby jesus as the conqueror and that he has spoken and i think it is talking about jesus here notice how you start the first verse it's as i hear and now the conqueror speaks and this is in quotation marks now the foe sin and woe death and hell are broken. I mean, you can see how, how Lutheran this is in a way. Luther speaks of our, our enemies as sin, death, and the devil. And in, in a sense, you know, this is very similar. But sin and woe, they go together. Most of our woes are because of sin. And when he says woe, I think he's speaking there of the consequences of the virus of sin, that there is suffering, there is sickness, there is death. He suffered greatly, as I've said, and he he understood this woe. But death and hell, I mean, and, and with hell, he's the conquering of the devil and, and the fact that he has overcome death by his death. They're broken. And he's going to use the language of release later on. We are freed, you know, from our sins. And this, you know, this is a, this is a, again, if he proclaimed the incarnation in the first verse, an announcement of the birth that signals that God has become man. Here, he now signals that this one who is born is going to deliver us. The final line is just sublime. And the son now is one with our blood forever. When Jesus comes, he unites himself to all of us, and we are united to him. And as Christians, that becomes a a fleshly reality in our own baptism and continues as we hear that word of the Lord that endures forever and, and receive the very body and blood of Christ. So this unity now that Jesus is bringing to himself, you can think of John's words here that, you know, when he's lifted up on the cross, he draws all people to himself that because he is one with the Father, we now are one with the Father through him. And that there is this sense that that's the reason he came, to create this unity now between God and man in him, who is in his person, you know, in his divine and human nature, his person, he is God's very son. And it, it's you just can't even contemplate the depths of this verse. And it all starts with a with a call to hear. We heard the angel's voice and, and now hear the conquerors speak. And it's a, a call for us to remember that at Christmas, 
it is about hearing, as we heard in the uh, Old Testament lesson, that the word of the Lord stands forever. With just a minute or two here, speak to this notion, the forever, that while Christ's saving work is a finished accomplishment and sealed by his resurrection from the dead, our salvation hangs upon the fact that he is one with us in our human nature forever. Well, he is the eternal one. And and what is the great mystery is that, you know, the the finite now, the world, now contains the, the eternal one. I, I think one of the ways to think about that is the fact that when we're baptized, our mortal finite flesh is joined to his infinite, immortal flesh, and we become eternal beings. We now have died and, and, and gotten death over with in order that we might live with him forever. And so in a sense, heaven's open to us at the font. It is our, our entrance into eternity. That's why baptismal fonts were eight-sided, because number eight was the sign of eternity. And when you entered those waters, you entered into the eternal life that will never end. And so we, we are walking eternal beings, even though we live in this mortal flesh, even though we have foes, sin and woe, death and hell, they have been conquered. And the, and the, the, the genius of it is that we've been joined to that person who conquered it for us. God is man, man to deliver, and now is one with our blood forever. I mean, this verse is just, it's, I mean, we've used the word profound. Maybe it's, it's even more than that. It's just, it captures everything, everything that the, the Christian faith is about, that the Bible speaks about, that the entire New Testament speaks to in speaking of the Son. The third stanza, should we fear our God's displeasure, who to save freely gave his most precious treasure to redeem us, he has given his own son from the throne of his might in heaven. don't hear about God's displeasure in Christmas hymns, but Gerhardt does not faint from this subject. No, that's true. I mean, that's exactly right, Todd. And, and I mean, it's kind of what we were getting at at the beginning, talking about why this hymn doesn't necessarily always resonate, because it, it does plunge us into things that we sometimes don't like to think about. I was thinking about the, this first line earlier today about the the fears that we have, I think sometimes Christmas raises fears that might lay hidden during the year, but there's so much emotion, there's so much meaning that people put into Christmas. It's a time of family and and it's a time of joy, but it's also a time when people really feel loss. You know, I was just talking to someone the other day who, you know, lost a loved one a few years ago and 
And every Christmas, it is so hard because they loved Christmas so much. And I think, you know, the fear that we sometimes have, that the subliminal fear is not from earthly things or from even loss or grief, but from being sinners in the presence of a holy God. And are we worthy? Are we are we going to be accepted by God? And have I, you know, the, the class, have I done enough? You know, you hear the wonderful, you know, works righteous statement from people who shouldn't be saying it because they know better, but it's built into our DNA. And this hymn speaks about the fact that we have no fear because God's given us this gift. It's all about God giving and his gift. And I mean, if you want to think about sort of a one of the great themes of Christmas, which is the giving of gifts, and Christ is the gift. God gives his most precious treasure. He gives it, and he gives it to redeem. He's given us his son, Gerhardt says. And it's think of where this comes from, from the throne of his might in heaven. And you really do get a sense here that Jesus does come from a different world, that he is a gift from a a place that we we can't really identify with in this world because it's it is from almost another dimension you know it comes from from heaven itself is the throne of god and it's all so that we might recognize that we have no reason to fear god's displeasure cuz jesus has taken our sin upon himself he has become sin for us so that he might make us his children. And that is the great gift. It was a free gift too, freely gave his most precious trust. So you can really hear kind of the Pauline language here, the free gift of salvation in Christ. But this is this is a extraordinary Christmas theme, that Christmas is about the gift God the Father of his Son to the world to deliver us from our sins. When we return as we study All My Heart Again Rejoices with Dr. Arthur Jess, the fourth stanza, See the Lamb, our sin once taking, to the cross, suffering loss, full atonement making. For our life, his own he tenders, and his grace, all our race, fit for glory renders. Listen to the best of the church's Christmas music during the entire Christmas season at LutheranPublicRadio.org. During the 12 days of Christmas, Lutheran Public Radio, LutheranPublicRadio.org. This Christmas season, we come together to celebrate the birth of hope, a light that shines in the darkness. Just as the stars above, may the spirit of love, joy, and giving illuminate our hearts. In the spirit of the season, may you find peace, share blessings, and rejoice in the true meaning of Christmas. From all of us at Lutheran Church Extension Fund, 
Merry Christmas. Luther Academy provides additional theological education for our mission partners around the world, specifically pastors who are asking for additional education but do not have the necessary resources in their own church bodies. By donating to Luther Academy today, you will be supplying food, housing, books, professors, and travel for Lutheran pastors who attend our conferences. To learn more about Luther Academy and how you can donate today, visit lutheracademy.com, lutheracademy.com. Memoria Press's award-winning curriculum is used by homeschoolers all over the world. Their classical Christian education materials provide everything you need for kindergarten through 12th grade, including books, guides, lesson plans, and instructional videos. If you're interested in learning more, visit them at memoriapress.com and use the coupon code LPR24 at checkout. Memoria Press, saving Western civilization one student at a time. Old theology, new technology. You're listening to Issues Etc. I like to think of the deaconess vocation as driven by two things, the love of Christ and the needs of our neighbor. Issues Etc. regular guest, Dr. James Busher, Director of Deaconess Studies at Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana, on the vocation of deaconess. First, the deaconess is moved by the love of Christ, who came not to be served, but to serve. Yet I think we can also see the profound needs around us, broken families, loneliness, despair. Deaconesses help the church to become a true family that manifests the love of Christ in our love for one another and especially for those in need. For more information on the Deaconess Studies program at Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana, visit ctsfw.edu or call Concordia Theological Seminary at 1-800-481-2155, 4th stanza of the Christmas hymn, All My Heart Again Rejoices. We're studying this hymn with Dr. Arthur Just of Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana. What would you say about this 4th stanza? Well, you know, as I listen to that, I'm shaking my head saying, my gosh, I mean, it just keeps getting better. What I love about this hymn is that, you know, the title, The Lamb, you know, Jesus is the Lamb. He was the conqueror in verse 2, and now he's the Lamb our sin once taking. You know, you can hear John 1, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He goes to the cross and he suffers the loss of his life. And Gerhard gives the meaning. It's full atonement. He has atoned for the sins of the world by his, his suffering, the loss, by his being lifted up on a cross for us. And just the, the the poetry for our life, his own he tenders. It's just a, a wonderful phrase after phrase of describing what it is that happens on the cross of Calvary. 
I had to think a lot about the last line of this um, verse, and his grace, all our race, fit for glory, renders. It, it is interesting how what I think Gerhard is doing here is showing us that, that the cross is where God's grace, which is a gift, again, the Christmas theme, it's the great gift of grace that he gives us there. And it's for everyone. I mean, this is objective justification for the whole world so that we might have in this world of sin and woe and death and hell, we might have glory. And again, you can't help but think of John's gospel, that the glory of God is shown in the suffering and death of the Son. And so again, just like the the two verses before it, this verse is all about the cross and the death and the suffering and the atonement of Jesus, but couched in the language that fits very well into our Christmas season in that it is focused on gift and grace. And that really when we think about this tender little scene, this idyllic scene, you know, of the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes in a manger and Mary and Joseph and the crutch scene, that really it gets ugly 33 years later, that it, it this child is wrapped in cloth bands. The same body that was wrapped in swaddling clothes is now wrapped in cloth bands. And it's because he died. It's because he was brought down from the cross, having suffered that horrific, humiliating scandalous death, and that this is the gift of Christmas. And Gerhard spends three verses making sure that we fully understand the depths of what this treasure, this precious treasure that God the Father gives to us is all about. The fifth stanza of All My Heart Again Rejoices. Softly from his lowly manger, Jesus calls one and all. You are safe from danger. Children, from the sins that grieve you, you are freed. All you need, I will surely give you. there in that fifth stanza of all my heart, Gerhardt to essentially put words in the baby Jesus's mouth, wonderful words, but it's a pretty bold move on the part of the hymn writer. It is. Uh, you know, again, this is, this is a verse where we, we, we really do return to, to the Christmas story. But as you said, the words of Jesus from the, the lowly manger calling out to all of us, and I, and I I highlighted this this statement. You are safe from danger. I you know I think about that so much. We just have a new grandchild. I'm serving down as seasonal pastor at Grace Lutheran Church in uh, Naples, Florida. Our pastor, Pastor Keith Lynch, he just has a new granddaughter too. Both born in October. Both 
of us had the privilege of baptizing them. And I worry about them that, you know, you, I'm so glad they're baptized, but they're so vulnerable. And I, I see my youngest son just so concerned about this child. And yet it is a child, the baby Jesus from the lowly manger who's calling us, calling us children. And the, notice what he, he points to as the danger. It's the sins that grieve us, the sins that cause us all the trouble that we have in this world. And it's, you know, I, I, when I was thinking about this verse, being a Luke guy, I think of, of the two absolutions uh, in Luke's gospel from the cross, where the first one is when he is first crucified at nine in the morning, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then when the, just before the darkness comes at noon, he turns to the thief on the cross and says, today you will be with me in paradise. Those are absolutions. There are so many different ways in which Jesus absolves people. And Luke, he, free, you know, he says, be not afraid to be in my presence. You're not going to die. And here, you are freed. All you need, I will surely give you. And what he gives us is himself. He gives us his flesh. He gives us, his, as Luther says, forgiveness, life, and salvation because we are joined to that baby Jesus. It is... <laughs> as profound as the other verses were, th this is the shocking one in a way, as you said so clearly, Todd, that to have the child in the manger speak to us this way, but it is the most comforting verse. I mean, to hear you are safe from danger. What a wonderful, wonderful thing to say. This is Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. We're studying the Christmas hymn, All My Heart Again Rejoices, with Dr. Arthur Just. If you enjoy our hymn studies, please make a year-end donation to support the worldwide outreach of Issues Etc. For a year-end contribution of $250 or more, we'll send you a new recording of 15 Christmas and Epiphany season hymns featuring the Lutheran Public Radio Choir and our forthcoming book, Objections Overruled 3, Answering Arguments Against Christianity. You can make a financial gift by check, make your check payable to Issues Etc., and send it to Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also make a secure online donation at issuesetc.org. Thanks for listening, and thanks for including Issues Etc. in your year-end giving. When we return, the sixth and final stanza of All My Heart Again Rejoices, Come then, banish all your sadness, one and all, great and small, come with songs of gladness. We shall live with him forever, there on high, in that joy which will vanish never. Church music directors can find a new community at Prelude to Postlude, the CPH Music blog. Learn helpful tips for managing music ministry and involving members, and meet the composers of some of your favorite new pieces. Plus, find suggestions of music to use for special services, and preview some of our newest works with free samples you can use at your church. Visit us at prelude2postlude.org.
Psalm 144.1 Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Those serving in the armed forces want LCMS chaplains. We need courageous pastors to bring the gospel and sacraments to those protecting our nation, along with wise counsel and the peace found only in Christ Jesus. If you are between the age of 26 and 43 and have a heart for ministry in the armed forces, call 314-996-1337 or email lcmschaps at lcms.org. The Light of God's Word in a World of Darkness. You're listening to Issues Etc. Are you looking for the historic liturgy of the Church and the true sacraments of our Lord administered rightly? Then we would like to invite you to Zion Lutheran Church in Pampa, Texas, where the Lord gathers us around His gifts of Word and Sacrament and where heaven and earth come together. If you live in or are visiting the Northeast Panhandle of Texas, we welcome you to the Divine Service at 10.30 a.m. with Bible class and Sunday school at 9.15. Come join us. Our Christian faith is under constant attack, and we must be proactive in keeping our children in the church. At Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas, we believe that an education rooted in God's Word is one that stands against the very gates of hell. Nothing in this world is more important. Offering a rigorous classical Lutheran education, we provide in-person and live online remote learning opportunities for preschool through grade 12. To learn more, visit flsplano.org, flsplano.org. The final stanza of the Christmas hymn, All My Heart Again Rejoices. We are studying this hymn with Dr. Arthur Just, professor of New Testament at Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana, and author of the two-volume Concordia Commentary on Luke and the book Heaven on Earth, The Gifts of Christ in the Divine Service. You can purchase these resources on the Talk on Demand archives page at issuesetc.org or by calling Concordia Publishing House 1-800-325-3040. What would you say about our final stanza of All My Heart Again Rejoices? Well, it uh, ends like it began, with joy. You know, All My Heart Again Rejoices is how we began, and now we come with songs of gladness. What I picture here in my own mind as I sing this is that this this is a, a climactic verse. You can just hear the organ swelling, the choir joining and all we're all singing these songs of gladness which are the great carols of christmas as we gather together one and all great and small older folks children everybody in the congregation coming together and we we do because our sadness has been lifted banished as it says in the hymn because of the christ child and we are gathered on a Christmas Eve or a Christmas morn, to rejoice in the birth of this Christ child. And he takes us to heaven, that this whole theme of heaven on earth comes here in this final verse. And and again, I'm a Luke guy, the heaven, peace on earth 
at the incarnation of Jesus and when he enters into Jerusalem in Luke's gospel, uh, they sing, you know, uh, peace in heaven, heaven and earth are joined together in peace in the incarnation and the death of Jesus. And and you can really see that, that again, the great mystery, the great irony is that this is the reason for our joy, that this is the reason why we sing songs of gladness. And you asked the question earlier about the forever part of it all. The songs of joy are because we now, having been joined to Christ, because he's been born, because he's died, because he's raised from the dead, because he's ascended to heaven and takes us with him to heaven, we live with him forever. And I think this is one of the most wonderful ways to end this hymn, because it has been a hard hymn. It's been a hymn in which we've talked about themes we usually don't talk about at Christmas. As you indicated, God's displeasure and suffering and the cross and atonement and death and our our foes, sin and woe, death and hell. But it all kind of explodes in this, this hymn of joy as we we recognize that that's the reason why we can sing songs of gladness. Come then, banish all your sadness. If only everyone this Christmas season, as they come to worship, would have that sense that that's why they're there, because the Christ child has given them reason to sing glad songs because he has banished all their sadness. Before we hear the entire hymn, you said that the Christ child was sent, the son assuming a human nature, from a place that we cannot imagine. And we also cannot imagine the place where he will bring us in the end. That that theme of joy, why we can use the word, it transcends anything we know today except by faith. That is so true. And, and I think when people speak about what it's heaven's going to be like it's going to be the the full experience of jesus that we only have in part here hidden under his word water bread and wine we will see him we will be in his presence his full glorious presence and in a way that i think the reason why people love christmas whether they realize it or not is because it is this jesus that is heaven itself that we are celebrating in this Christmas time. Let's hear the entire hymn, All My Heart Again Rejoices.
Lutheran Public Radio Choir with the Christmas hymn, All My Heart Again Rejoices. Dr. Jess, your final thoughts on this Paul Gerhardt hymn. One of the great things about Christmas is the angels singing the glory in excelsis. Uh, it's a great hymn of joy. And I think joy is, is one of the things that we think about when we associate our hymn singing at Christmas time. Maybe one of the great hymns that we all love to sing is Joy to the World. But this hymn does help us to remember that people who, who come are sometimes broken by sin and woe, death and hell, that they feel like they're in danger and that they have many, many burdens that they're bringing. And I think this hymn tells us in as profound a way as any Christmas hymn that we have reason to rejoice with true joy because our dear Savior became a little child for us in a lowly manger, and that from that lowly manger he calls us to recognize that he has forgiven us our sins, that he has freed us from all our woes and troubles because he has come to this world, he has suffered for us, and he now makes himself one with us. We ask that this Christmas be one that is a joyful one for people, that they can gather with their families to worship the Christ child and remember with great clarity, as this hymn does, that he is the conqueror. He has spoken. He is the Lamb who has taken away our sins, and He is the Prince of Peace who brings peace into this world. Dr. Arthur Just is Professor of New Testament at Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana, seasonal pastor at Grace Lutheran Church in Naples, Florida, and author of the two-volume Concordia Commentary on Luke and the book, Heaven on Earth, The Gifts of Christ in the Divine Service. Dear listener, as we enter a new calendar year, consider studying for the vocations of pastor or deaconess at Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Learn more at ctsfw.edu or by calling 1-800-481-2155, forming servants in Jesus Christ to teach the faithful, reach the lost, and care for all. Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Dr. Just, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you and to all those who are listening. While the world celebration of Christmas will be over on Christmas Day, the church's celebration is just getting started. After the break, Pastor Will Whedon of The Word of the Lord Endures Forever will lead us in a teaching on the Christmas season. I'm Todd Wilkin, your link to Issues Etc. Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc. Issues Etc. is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Issues Etc., P.O. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc., is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio.
What makes Christ Our Savior Lutheran Church in Freeburg, Illinois so special? Our new members talk about the family atmosphere, the welcoming people, and the outstanding music. But most importantly, you'll be confronted with your sin and comforted with the assurance that Jesus has removed that sin so that you can live each day as his baptized and forgiven child. Christ Our Savior Lutheran Church is at 612 North State Street in Freeburg, Illinois. Sunday worship is at 9 a.m., Sunday school and Bible classes at 1020 a.m. Call 618-539-5664. I am beautiful because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am accepted because I'm a part of his family through Jesus' shed blood. Unity Lutheran School in East St. Louis, Illinois, shines the light of Christ in one of the most impoverished cities in America. Learn how to support their mission work at unityesl.org. Unityesl.org. Today, with the help of the Holy Spirit, Lutheran Talk. The cause of our salvation doesn't lie within us, but instead it lies outside of us, namely in the mercy of our God who sends his Son to live and die and rise again for us. Lutheran Music. Listen anytime, anywhere with the Lutheran Public Radio mobile app. Download for iPhone, Android, and Kindle at issuesetc.org. Would you like to learn about the Reformation theology you hear on Issues Etc.? We'll send you a pamphlet of Luther's small catechism for free. It contains the biblical teachings on the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, the Lord's Prayer, Baptism, the Lord's Supper, and Confession and Absolution. Order your free copy of Luther's Small Catechism today. Just send your name and mailing address to talkback at issuesetc.org. College Preparation Station in Maryville, Illinois, offers ACT, SAT, and PSAT test prep, scholarship application classes, college and career counseling, and more. Hi, this is Lori Konsky, president of College Preparation Station. We have helped our students obtain more than $7 million in tuition scholarships in 12 years. Find out more at cpsprep.com. Let us help you create a vision and find your future. The College Preparation Station in Maryville, Illinois, cpsprep.com.